0: Welcome to the Christian Life Coach Collective. I'm your host and coach, Lauren Malone, and I'm here to help you become the hero of your own story and learn to be a guide to others. Whether you're a life coach in any niche or you want to become one, or you're just listening in so you can self-coach to lead your own life well, this podcast is here to serve you. I'm super excited to walk with you into your calling and help you create a wonderful legacy for your life. So let's jump in to today's episode. Okay, here we are in the dreams and callings series. And this is one of my favorite topics to coach people on. And I would do this every day of my life if I could. And well, I guess I actually could if I wanted to (laughs) I just keep adding. I keep choosing to add other things that I also love doing on top of it. So I guess that's the glory of being a solopreneur and walking with Holy Spirit. So over the years, I've had people ask for my counsel on what to do in a multitude of different kinds of situations when they weren't sure about what God wanted them to do. You know, they're at a, a crossroads or there's a big decision in front of them or whatever. They sometimes they fear that God will be upset with the decision they make so they can't make it. They have, you know, just too much going on in their head to see their decision Well, even to see their options very clearly. So they have always thought I could help them clarify what their choices were and help them make the decision. So I guess that skill over the course of my life has um, definitely played a huge part in my coaching practice. And sometimes their fear that God would be upset with their choice or their fear that the devil was trying to persuade them with something or even at times, they weren't sure if the decision in front of them was from God or from the devil, you know, oh, us glorious Christians and <laughs> all of our ways and our worries, <laughs> you know. Here's the deal. You, you, some of you are going to laugh at what I say next, and some of you are going to be offended. So let me pre-qualify <laughs> my statement with, please hear my heart and follow Holy Spirit for yourself obviously. I don't know you and I'm not actually coaching you. I'm sharing a story, um, a couple of stories. That's it. But when I discern that the decision in front of this person is simply that, it's just a decision to be made, I will at times counsel them to remove God and the devil from this whole equation, right? It comes down to, should I not get dressed and go to work today? Because I don't know if God wants me to wear the red shirt or the blue shirt. Is the devil telling me to wear the blue shirt because God wants me to wear the red shirt? We can't live our lives like that, right? We have to trust that God is leading us. If we're believers and, and God is with us, Emmanuel, like the spirit in us is leading us. And we are not tied down to hearing you know, absolute direction about every single decision in front of us. Sometimes God's like, boy, (laughs) we could really move forward if you would just pick one. (laughs) I don't care which one you pick. I'm a dad. I'm not a boss. I'm a loving, good loving father. I'm a comforter. I'm a counselor. I'm a confidant. I'm your best friend. I'm your brother. God's like, I am not trying to control you. Stop treating me like I'm trying to control you because you want things to be controlled. So, people who want to hear that answer, I guess they call me. <laughs> they don't call me when they don't want to hear that answer. But what this does, removing God and devil from this, you know, decision equation, actually removes the fear that they're really struggling with, that they're going to be led astray, that they're going to be out of God's will, that they're going to be led by their soul and, you know, It gives them a chance to really be led by common sense and be led by who they are and what they want, you know, so they can figure out the right answer for themselves and then take that to the Lord and say, do you want to tell me anything about this, Lord? I submit this to you. And for one client in particular, I remember she was trying to figure out what dream job to go after because, um... She had a couple of options, and both were great options. But she was being led in her own mind, before she was really verbalizing it, and we were wor- working through it. She was being led by all of these thoughts of fearing God's disappointment or anger with her, that she, you know, about what was really in her heart to go do. And, you know, ultimately, when we did remove what if this is God? What if this is the devil? Away from the equation. And we dug into what it is that she wants and honestly laid down some logistical uh, things about the, the jobs. She could see them clearly instead of saying, oh my gosh, there's two great things in front of me and surely God wants one and the devil wants the other. It was more like, wow, God gave me two really great opportunities. And I think he's actually saying like, I just want to bless you. Which one do you want? I'll be with you wherever you go. And for most of the believers I've worked with in many different capacities over the past 20 years, this kind of just always seems to be the case. You know, Um, we are so worried about being out of God's will sometimes that, well, sometimes people don't even know what their own will is. And when we get that mixed up, we can get some funny lines, John, right? Because God did give us free will because he's not in the micromanagement of our daily lives. Yes, he's able to do whatever he wants to do, but he we are not robots. He wants us to freely choose him. That's why we have free will is so that we can be We can receive the invitation into a relationship with him, but we choose him. He wanted sons and daughters to walk with. He wanted friends in the garden to walk with. He didn't want people who would bend at every entrance and bow to him and say, okay, you know, obviously, actually, he does want us to say, your will be done. (laughs) But I hope you hear my heart in what I'm trying to say that we can't hold up what the dreams in our hearts are because we're afraid. And really what that's doing is it's feeding our own soul. It's feeding our own pride. It's feeding our own fear to try to project that onto God as being a controlling, angry God that wants, you know, says there's only one right way. And God is just so much bigger than that his grace is able to cover us and I hope that you recognize how his grace has been covering you all of this time and it doesn't matter even when you outrightly sin his grace still covers you all you have to do is go to him and repent right so how much more does his grace abound to you when your heart is to do his will and you simply make a decision about whether or not you're going to go left. You know, like then his grace his grace is abounding to you and i want you to know that about the things that are in your heart to do, the dreams that those those sparks in your soul matter to him. He is not angry that you have them. He is not disappointed when you choose them. The only way That this is a problem is if you have a dream and you outrightly know it's opposite God's will. It is not biblical for you to want and pursue this dream. But if we're looking at everything else that is, you know, basically just the, the building blocks of life and building blocks of our souls and our identity, who we are, and the kinds of things that generally pop up in the hearts of believers God wants to partner with you in that. Those sparks in your soul, they're there for a reason. And the one who created you, knit you in your mother's womb, he knows about them. So the Bible tells us to fear the Lord as in respect and honor him and follow and revere his ways. It is not telling us to be afraid of God and be paralyzed that any decision in front of us needs to be made with absolute certainty so that we never fail because we always have to be right, right? That's not who God is, but that is something that your soul would tell you. It's definitely something the enemy would want you to believe because it's going to hold you back. It is the fear that we're going to fail ourselves. It's the fear of man. It's those kind of things that are going to hold us back more than anything, God's call to us doesn't tell us to do all things with absolute certainty and only with perfectionism. If it did, Hebrews 11, that chapter, we'd have to get rid of it and all the stories associated with it. So I'm not sure how Moses and Abraham would feel about that. But God's call tells us to have faith, to do things without seeing them in their fullness yet, and to trust him with the how of it all to believe in his power, and his call to us is to put our hope in him, to know his strength when we're not fully strong, when we are weak and unknowing and imperfect and still in process. So think about Israel walking around Jericho for seven days. They didn't know what's going to happen, but they had to give it a go, right? (laughs) Why would you think that if you walked around a city for seven days, worshiping, warring, why would you think walls would start falling down? That's probably what not your first thought when you look at that city and how it's built. And you're not thinking that's going to happen, but you don't know until you do it. So that's imperfect action. Let's just go after this and see what, what kind of fruit we get, right? They knew the promised land was theirs, but they had to wander for 40 years. And I had to... Listen, if you had a sea disappear in front of you and suddenly it's dry land and all of the water is held off to the sides i'm saying it's imperfect action for the first guy (laughs) to go walk out there (laughs) i'm saying let me have the faith of the first person to walk on the dry land where the red sea parted who said i'll go and the rest of you can just simply watch what happens to me And then decide if you're going to follow me. Yeah, let me be that person who has that kind of faith. I'm sorry. Because how do you know that water is not just going to fall and overtake you the way it did the soldiers who were chasing them? (laughs) You've got to really be wondering. That's some mental work right there. They had knowledge of how things were going to happen for them after the things happened for them. How was in hindsight. So they had to do things simply by giving their hearts to God and trusting Him to lead them, but actually taking action. So this didn't mean that, you know, when they were being led by fire and clouds, that somebody didn't, you know, they didn't move camp one day because an angel hadn't specifically told one of the men, oh, you should take your short walking stick today. Don't pack your uh, don't pack your short one and don't take your long one. Make sure you take the short one today. And the you know, for can you imagine somebody saying, well, we can't go yet. I haven't heard the Lord tell me to which t- which walking stick I'm supposed to walk with today. And you know, the angel, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm being a little bit silly here, but I just want to get across to you that just choose a walking stick and start walking. <laughs> I guess that's my point. Stop waiting for an angel to appear. Start, wait, stop. Be sensitive to the Lord speaking to you, but do not use it as an excuse to not do anything. Here's what I say trust that God's grace is big enough to enfold you into His protection, to lead you as you step out, pursue your dreams, to love you when imperfect keeps happening, and to help you as you navigate. So rather than putting your dreams, especially if you listen to last episode, if you didn't go back and do that one real quick, and instead of putting dreams into a right or wrong column, trust that as a believer in Jesus, you have his ear, you have his heart, and the Bible says you have his glory as your rear guard. And if your heart is truly to serve God, you will not have to worry about failing him, angering him, disappointing him, because Nothing can separate you from the love of God. He's still going to be with you. He's still going to look at you with love in his eyes. You are his beautiful daughter, walking in faith, coming out of the wilderness, leading on her beloved. That's what Song of Songs says. And I always tell these people looking for counseling about which way should I go? I say, pick one, decide to go that way for a week, and you will either know peace as you walk or you will have no peace. This is an amazing tool for decision making, and I use it for myself a lot. So here are your tangible to-dos in how do you chase your dreams. I want you to choose one of those dreams that creates sparks in your soul from the last episode, and I want you to write it down. Just pick one. Again, I'm speaking to those of you who want to make this difficult. How do I know which one? Stop it. Eventually, you can do this with all of them. So don't fret over which one's the right one, close your eyes, and point a finger if you need to. But first, I want you to imagine what does life look like one year from now if you moved towards this dream? What does life look like? What do your days look like? How do you feel? What do you have that you don't have today? What do you know that you don't know today? And who will you say that you are? That is step number two. Step number one, choose a dream. Step number two, imagine this dream manifested in your life, actually having come to pass to some degree if you move towards it a year from now. Step number three, Now that you have a future vision for your dream in front of you, what is the very first thing you could do to move towards it? Just what's the first imperfect action step? Um, Maybe you need to do a little research. Maybe you need to take a class, take a course. Maybe you need to pray. Maybe you need to stop, journal, pray about this. Uh, Do you need to ask other people in your life? like Any questions that you need to ask, any things that you need to do? And that's the thing is maybe you actually need to get up and go do something. And do you need to make room for it on your calendar? Make it a priority. And maybe you need to do the pearl practice with it and walk yourself through what you were thinking and believing about this dream. That is episode number six. Check that out. So you have to have some imperfect action steps. And remember, imperfect action is simply taking action without everything needing to be perfectly aligned. You don't need to know everything ahead of time. You don't need to have absolute certainty. Imperfect action is faith in action, okay? And then you decide after you find discover your first step you can take. First imperfect action step, the next right thing. You choose a second one. And then you choose a third. So you're going to pick three steps and order them maybe you maybe the first thing you should do is the third thing that comes to you reorder them and the, the last thing i want you to do is ask yourself this question if you don't do anything to move towards this dream what's life look like a year from now so it's the opposite if you don't do anything if you don't take these three steps if you don't move into what right now is unseen and you don't test the waters to see if this dream is worth the pursuit, the energy and commitment. What do you not do a year from now? What do you not have a year from now? What do you not feel a year from now? Who are you a year from now? If you don't take any type of imperfect action towards it, and I want you to spend some time here considering if that's all right with you, are you okay with a year from now not having those changes that you had vision for in step number two and ask the spirit within you if apathy and comfort are worth the cost of no change no growth no trying no transformation okay so to recap step one is choose a dream that you want to give focus to Step two is ask yourself, what's life look like a year from now to have pursued the dream and succeeded? Something has actually occurred from your steps, you know, to some degree. Step three is write out three tangible action steps you can take ASAP. Step four is ask yourself what life looks like if you don't take action and if that future is okay with you. So wrapping this up, I can say I really love this series on dreams and callings again, and I can't wait for you to hear the next episode and dig even deeper. And until next time, I want you to remember that your heart and all that is in it is precious and dear to your dad. In fact, I challenge you to say that to yourself five times today. My heart and all that's in it is precious and dear to my dad. Maybe that is a new concept to you because It wasn't precious and it wasn't dear to your dad, your mom, your siblings, your friends, your spouse, the people around you who you thought and believed would, should, or could feel and express to you that your heart and everything that's in it was precious and dear and they didn't do that and you feel they should have. They were in a position have given you that and they didn't God is not like man he cannot lie and how could what is in your heart and all that's in it not be precious to the one who designed you those people they did not create you your parents physically gave birth to you and brought you into this world but God knew about you before they did so how could what Is in you not be dear to him. And I even wonder if maybe some of you are gonna feel like the words precious and dear are not um, tangible to you because they're not really in today's culture about how we talk to each other or how we think of things. So take a minute and consider what it really means to be precious to someone and consider when was the last time, if ever, you felt that you were precious to somebody precious, like a diamond. And when was the last time you ever felt that you were dear to someone? And I hope that you can experience what it feels like to feel precious and dear to someone, but it doesn't matter if you can't because you can experience that with the one who designed you, the one who brought you to this day and time for such a time as this and the one who's got all the plans for a future and a hope for you and what is in your heart and all that's in your heart to do is part of his purposes and his future for good things, a hopeful future. Those things are in your future because they're in your dad's heart. So until next time, all things are possible and you are dearly loved and chosen. Hey, thanks for listening. And I would love it if you could leave me a review wherever you listen to this podcast and tell me what you're loving about it. It helps other people who are looking for transformation and change and growth in their lives find me. And if you want to learn about becoming a coach with any of your superpowers, head over to StarlingAndStoneMentoring.com and check out the greenhouse course. See you there.